We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This thing on? See, now I'm getting mad. Because it's getting ready to be on. I want my whiskey to bite me a little bit. This is the kind of psychopath that I hang out with. I got beat up outside of a Denny's. The Rockpile Report. With Buffalo Bills season ticket holder, Drew Gear. He likes to get in Axe's nose. Something I can't do with this podcast because I drink too much. Chris Kruger. My rollerblading blonde mohawk producer. The pettiest, hardest drinking Bills podcast. I'm an adult. I know what I'm about. Everybody do another edition of the Rock Bell Report podcast. I'm your host, Bill's season ticket holder, Drew Gear. That's my producer, Chris Kruger. And this handsome gentleman sitting next to me, Dapper. I love Chris. There, there's no glare. This was something I was I was gonna make a joke about the glare off your head, <laughs> but it's it's non-existent, sir. I don't. Do you use product for that? I don't. I don't. I should. I, I should <laughs> ramp up the uh, the the the. The scalp care, whatever you want to call it. They, they call it, well, what, Chris, the scalp game? Is that what you yeah. guys, is that what you people with weird hair product call it? The hair game? Yeah, I have God, I plenty of it. I know. I actually, should. yeah, I know. I, here, here's the thing. I actually have one in my cabinet right now that I've had for maybe three or four years because I have like at least 10 different ones, but I've had it for like three years and it's, a paste so it's gone from white to yellow and i can't use it anymore because it's been it's i've had it for three years hair product podcasting guys this is what we're doing over here <laughs> guys tyler dunn in studio with us we've been talking about doing this for a long time and it's funny tyler because it, he, he's very apologetic when he shows up here right he's, oh. he's oh i'm sorry oh. i kept putting you off and this i would apologize too for springsteen well, that's the best part about this, right? So the last time he was supposed to come, his wife was going to see Springsteen, and he's like, oh, I, you know, I can't make it. Our listeners know what I think of Bruce Springsteen. I want to know, what do you think of the boss? I'm not a fan. Good. I'm Thank not you. a fan. You know what? Cheers. There, okay, good. I was really going out on a limb there. I thought I was <laughs> going to catch shit for a <laughs> Um Yeah, I, but my wife's uh, parents, huge fans, They've they've seen the boss, I guess they call him, right? Mm-hmm. They've seen him uh, all over the country, and it was their dream to take Gina 
uh, to a concert. So here in Buffalo, that was the Christmas gift. I get it. People love the show. Listen, the energy hey. for his age to be, you know, bopping around the stage is impressive. Well, with Not my th- jam. With their three listenable songs. Right. I will say, <laughs> a though. five-hour concert. Hey, I might play I might play <laughs> one of the three songs that don't make you angry. Like, that's not a thing I'm willing to risk. I will say Outlaw Pete is a, is a solid song. They didn't play it, but it's a like a children's book, and I read it to Ella when she okay. was one year old, and she loved it, still loves it. You know, would put the song on the Spotify and kind of sing the words as we turn the pages. So I'll give Bruce that. That's a, that's a good song. That's what I love. Tyler Dunn, fellow father. You know, he's also the creator of GoLongTV.com. Guys, I I'm literally wearing. If you're watching this on YouTube, yeah, I was that guy, the PCU guy. Like, don't be the guy who wears the T-shirt to the concert. I'm doing it, and I don't care. I love hey, it. Hey, for the brand. I should have brought you uh, a sleek new black hoodie so we oh, could really you be got matching new ones? here. Oh, yeah. dude, I got to get my hands on one of those. Let so, me ask you this. Do you make uh, sleeveless go-long shirts? I don't. Well, I'll, I'll make them. I'm, I'm going to make them. I'm going to get it fitted. I have, a whole, I have a whole Shark Tank idea about sleeveless dress shirts and how oh. those need to make like a... Like, think about it. Who takes over a boardroom like the guy who doesn't have sleeves on? Well, make sure you do your uh, your bicep curls, you know, exactly. the day before you step up in front of Cuban there. So, guys, go on TD.com. If you're not already subscribed, you've heard me talk about it. You've heard other guests that I've had on the show talk about how much we enjoy his content over there. A lot of unique stuff, but I think one of the best things is these happy hours. I've got to get my hands on that Richie Incognito one. <laughs> you have to, because I, I was mad that I had to miss it. And then, you know, Kyle Trimble, uh, bangedupbills.com. Yes. He was like, Kyle. Drew, I can't believe you missed this. And I've, I've literally been lamenting it ever since. He goes, it was wild. And then I saw you put on social media about how you're like, no, you're like, I'll put all of the happy hours up there. Just not that one. <laughs> it was, he crossed a few lines. Yeah. As no. Richie tends to do from time to time. A, a few, uh, lines were crossed. A habitual line step. Habitual if you line will. step. Yeah. Well, you know what's funny? He has us blocked on Twitter. Whoa, Richie. No, which is, which I wear that like, a badge of honor because if I'm too much for that guy, <laughs> yeah. Because I never, you're too extreme. I never Richie had a problem with him, so that means whatever I said ticked him off. I go, if I'm too much for you, I must be doing something well. You're also the author of your first book, The Blood and Guts: How Tight Ends Save Football. Awesome read, awesome read. Thank there's you. A, there, there's actually a copy of it on, on its way to Rams Bottom in the UK right now as we speak. Hey, yeah. So, so somebody out there listening right now just did like a like a fist pump in the air. Also, Chris, is he or is he not? Like, I know how you nerd out over Colin Cowherd. Is is he? Like, where does he rank in terms of the most famous person to ever sit in studio with us? I'm going to ask you right now, Tyler. If you wanted to, you could pull out your telephone and send a text message to Colin Cowherd. <laughs> I don't have Colin's cell phone number. I have his producer's numbers, his everybody who kind of works behind the scenes, but but not Colin. You know, we could uh, give Brett Favre a text. You know, maybe we should check in with Brett. That's yeah, probably, but 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 depending on what he's been drinking, his reply. That's I don't know. Although yeah, you're you not beat, a masseuse, you beat, you beat me to the punch there. You're yeah. not a masseuse, so I think we'll be all right. Yeah, Chris. Chris loves the fact that you are one of the few people we know who's like, he's like, I know that guy. I've seen him. I've talked to him. Like, he's on I listened, Colin Coward. I listened to your last appearance on his podcast, and when he opened it up and said that you were from upstate New York, I did get a little mad because we are not in upstate New York. I That's love right. it. That's right. We are Western 
You know, I'll I'll take it a step further. You know, Drew and I we're, we're Southern tier, baby. We're Southern tier. Section six, class D. <laughs> Section six, yeah. Ellicottville, North Collins, the rivalry we, of all rivalries. We we literally have like we were talking about Section six basketball stories, and he's talking about how his highlight is literally like fracturing his skull and coming yeah. back in after stitches and having the game of his life. And I had to tell him, I go, listen, man, I played for a few years. Um, I averaged like four points a season, fouled out of every single game. I'm surprised it wasn't you who split my head open. It was Scotty Goodhart. Get him on the show. That, that's what we call. That's what we call a role player, folks. <laughs> role player. Oh god! But I host a podcast, so I'm, I'm, I'm at least I'm winning at something. Right? Definitely. Oh, absolutely. Now, Chris, I've got this cocktail as our weekly trend is, and it's yeah. already making me angry because there's like a grapefruit peel sticking out of it, like a dolphin fin. I'm already mad at it. This is too highfalutin for it's me. It's the Tua. It looks like that's what you call that one. Is that what we're calling it? it yeah. Is this a Chris Kruger original? No. It's okay. from a book. Okay. It, it, I have I, one, I, I too. I smell the grapefruit. That's all I can smell. All right. All right. I'm going to take one. I have it, too, and I'm almost done with it. I got to say, the uh, the bourbon collection here at Rockpile Headquarters Unbelievable! It's it's this unbelievable, and I'm unbelievably envious. Yeah, I went Chris. to Rochester two weeks ago to see Mark Normand at Comedy at the Carlson, and we it was like my ninth. Hilarious! Time. That's awesome. It was like my ninth time, and he knows me by face. <laughs> so I we made a pit stop at a, a liquor store out there, and I spent two hundred and fifty bucks on five bottles, four bottles of bourbon, and then a bottle of. Mr. Black Coffee Amaro, which is delicious. That's what I'm talking about. Like he just, made, I feel like sometimes he could just make up names of the stuff he buys, and I have no idea. I'm I'm a simple man, believe it or not. It's literally ice bourbon in a glass. That's my cocktail. Do you like that cocktail? I, I do, but it's here's the thing. So it's not bourbon. I can tell it's too clear, and at the same time, it's got like a bitterness to it, almost like you did that stupid abs. He keeps absinthe in a spray bottle. Like, what kind of a man? Well, he's got a lot of hair products. Exactly. Chris, what is this? It is called Old Bay Ridge. Okay. and It's a little licorice-y kind of tasting on the back end. It has a lemon peel in it, not a grapefruit peel. It has one ounce of acrovide, a Swedish deliciousness, and then two bar spoons of Demerara syrup, and an ounce of rye whiskey. There is a little bit of whiskey in there. See, that's way too much work, isn't it? It's no. a lot of work. Tell you know, no, it's are not. you just a whiskey on are you a neat or a rocks guy? I still go with, you know, the one big rock. Yes. You, you have the the special little contraption that you put yeah. in the freezer with the big squares. One of those bad boys. I can't go neat. It's gotta you be like cold. That? There it is. Nice and clear. Exactly. Uh, I will say though, it kind of you you have to work around your kids' lives in general, yes. right? So pre not if you want to tolerate them. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> used to I used to get a lot of work done late at night, right? Pour a little whiskey, do a little transcribing, maybe a little writing. Uh, you get you get to whiskey glass number two, things start to get a little dicey, and it's oh, time for bed. Fall off the rails. Yeah, yeah, a little little tougher at that point. But now, you know, we've got them on a great sleep schedule, and they, they get up early. I love waking up at 4.35 and just start working immediately. That was an old tip from uh, Peter King. I remember being an intern covering Green Bay in college out there at training camp. First time I met Peter King. I was like, you know what, Peter? 
I read everything you write. I like you are an idol. I can't believe I'm talking to you right now. And I know you're an unbelievable father too. Like, how do you balance everything? Like, that's my big fear in this mm-hmm. business. Is I I love writing about sports. I'm going to Syracuse. This is what I want to do. But you know, I grew up. My dad is my best friend. He coached us in everything. I want to be able to do everything in life. And he didn't. He didn't miss a beat. He's like Tyler. What you got to do is get up really, really early. Like <laughs> get get a lot of work done. He explained. I can't for, remember the exact like this time to that yeah. time, but it was like you know three four a.m. and work until you take the kids to school. You come mm-hmm. back and then you finish around noon one and you're, you're good. And especially with this book, you know, writing a book and running go long and um, you know, Sonny was born that July doing freelance stuff on the side. The Isaiah McKenzie show was a little nuts. So I got in the habit of waking up at three and that was the sweet spot right there. So when you're waking up at three, it makes it a little more difficult to drink whiskey the night before. Especially, you know, we're washed up. We're in the, our mid thirties. Yes. The bounce back ability is is do- is done. It's dead. I, I've none. I will point. say this: I've steered into some of it though because I have had some nights. There's a bar in my basement now. The house I just. Uh, in fact, you were there briefly. Yes, <laughs> you were briefly at my house delivering some books. You were so, kind enough to uh, buy a handful. Of course, thank you. That because I love your work. So as seen on your hoodie. Yeah, exactly. I'm not a shill. I support things I enjoy. I advertise things I enjoy. That's why Manscaped will never be a sponsor of ours. Uh, yeah, do you guys take what if what they come want? out with a back trimmer? Ah, uh, now a back trimmer. You might uh, be speaking my where language. Do, where do you stand on uh, back hair, Drew? Uh, I used to have my mother nair it, <laughs> and uh, my uh, now I shave it, and sometimes my wife like with just like a bick. Yeah, that's why I took yoga. Everyone was like yoga. Oh, and I go no, I got lower back problems. The reality was I did have lower back problems, but I also realized by becoming more flexible, I could just shave my own back. Yeah. And my wife gives me a hand sometimes. More That's proof where, that you're a gorilla. True. They're very true. Uh, my arms, I also, on the ape index, I'm up there with Sonny Liston. I, I think I got you. I really do. I don't want to take oh, my shirt off, but I, I'm a hairy huh? son of a gun. All yeah. right, here we go. Very Italian. <laughs> so I don't shill out for things I don't enjoy. Go on TD.com, his book. Every, like you, I love everything you touch, which is why I'm happy that I finally get to get you in studio and we can talk <laughs> a little football. Have, have a podcast, the, kind of the way we do it, show you how we do things. Have some freewheeling conversation. I love it. Hey, no, the pleasure is all here. Thanks so much for delaying a couple weeks and, and having me here at the... Well, uh, you said, we got kids. We're Everything, here, we're here every week. My schedule is fluid I just mean, when like you, yours. when you're feeding me wings and pizza and beer, <laughs> like, my God, let's do this all the time. Sorry, hon. I gotta go to Drew, Drew and Chris's here. <laughs> so, last week's show is we're centered around this idea that Bill's free agency kind of gave us the, as I'm calling it, steak with no sizzle. Just... Moves they made that were undeniably cheap, by definition, and they didn't. They, they didn't rattle up. A, it wasn't going to rile up any fan confidence, or at least among the laymen. But at the same time, they were savvy moves aimed around sanding down some of the roster's sharper edges. Here's a, pr- a pain point. Well, we'll kind of massage that. Now we've added some. We've added a potentially starting guard. And a backup guard that our offensive line coach likes. Okay, cool. You, you went out and you brought back a tackle who played both spots for you last year. Wonderful. You brought back Jordan Phillips. You, you have to be somewhat impressed, right, Tyler? Like, you're someone who's written a number of Bills-related articles. And that's what I love about Go, to, Go Long. You cover the whole NFL. And you do it with your own particular brand of journalism. And so it's interesting to see that lens that you cover all these things with turned back on our own team. 
because sometimes it can be a little hard for people to take. <laughs> so you've got to be somewhat impressed by what Bean's done so far, right? Absolutely. And I'm sure we'll get into the bigger picture yeah. if we're looking at the the forest as opposed to the yeah. trees. Uh, I do think that there's probably some adjustments that, that need to sure. be made, especially this week, kind of hearing comments down at the owner's meeting. But, but the moves that Brandon Bean has made uh, objectively have been – Phenomenal, I think. I mean, they didn't mm-hmm. have money to spend. No, and I, you, Chris, I I, they came in with negative dollars. They owed the league money, and all of a sudden they're like, hey. But they did the smart thing, right? You sat on your hands and let Tremaine Edmonds walk because that would not have been a smart yeah. pursuit. They, they stayed out of the wide receiver market for the most part. They didn't chase the big-name tackles, which you raved about. The Bengals stole <sighs> Orlando Brown. They stole him. Kansas City didn't put up much of a fight. And I think it's because they realize, hey, we're kind of in the same boat here. We're running out of cap. We need to reset this. We just won a Super Bowl. Our fan base it will still sell out for season tickets. Let's bite the bullet this year and carve out some cap space for the future. But we stayed out of those expensive markets. Wide receiver, running back, line, even the expensive backup linebackers. And instead made some savvy moves. You know, look at Taylor Rapp. Mm-hmm. T- Taylor Rapp, Interesting. Yeah, like this was the tweet that I saw from this guy who I'm going to butcher his last name like I do everybody's Jake Ellenbogen Bogan. Basically, he was asked uh, what he thought of Rap's up and down career in L.A. And his answer was that he was up and down with him, but said that he saw him as more of a pseudo linebacker and not just a straight up safety. Said that he's Mark Barron with less pop, but more ball skills. So it sounds like he's an in-the-box player more than he is. You know, the snaps will tell you it's even. But realistically, it sounds like he's probably better off in the in the box. But that would seem like the tonic for a defense that just lost the type of linebacker you can't replace. Like, there is no replacing, quote-unquote, Tremaine Edmonds. Skill set for skill set, is there? I'm not the biggest Tremaine Edmonds fan. Not a lot of people are. I'll, I'll give him this. With the Miss and Tremaine Edmonds... Uh, you know, and when he's in coverage, th- this is what kind of gets lost by the naked eye. And I'll, I'll admit, when I'm critical of him, I don't really appreciate this aspect of his game. Mm-hmm. But he's what six four, six five. He's got these long arms. He's just he's huge out there, and he can take away passing windows. It's like just dropping a, a camping tent in the middle of the field, yeah. and a quarterback just isn't going to throw that direction often. But you know, for where he was drafted and what it took to acquire him. You, it didn't work out. I mean, no. if it would have worked out, he'd be getting a second contract. Well, that's it. And they were smart to not pay him. Don't get me wrong. When I see him, it's not I think, seventy-two million, but it, no. it didn't work out. When I see him, I think of my little brother Luke, who at the age of thirteen was six feet tall and almost a hundred and seventy-five pounds, and he was playing house league hockey here in West Seneca. And his coaches were just like, "Look, kid, you can lean on people a little bit." You're not big for no reason, but you have no, you don't have the requisite aggressiveness. Right. They're like, there's younger kids who are smaller than you who can push you around a little bit because you just don't have a mean streak. He never played with the requisite mean streak that a guy with his size and speed, like if he had had some of that, if he had had a little bit of Ray Lewis, even just a fraction of it, you're talking about not just the richest linebacker in history, but you're talking about a franchise transforming player. And he just never got there. Well, he's—I think he's very good. 
Solid. And Solid. The, the theme that I keep coming back to with the Bills is the goal winning 12, 13 games, your division, or at this point with Josh <sighs> Allen, with banging on that door for four or five years now, is the goal Super Bowls. And to just get all of that money tied up into a Tremaine Edmonds, it doesn't make that much sense. You know, mm-hmm. right? I mean, pour resources into what you have not poured resources into exactly. the line, the weapons, draft somebody before the fourth round for the first time ever. Uh, I, I think that that is a move that at least kind of gently nudges you this other direction to be the juggernaut. You have to be if you're going to beat Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, 100%. Trevor Lawrence. I mean, think about it this way. If the Bills stand pat defensively, they do nothing else. Literally just go into the 2023 season with what we have on the roster right now. We just brought back Jordan Phillips, which we all kind of knew was going to happen. He, they could have used him in that Cincinnati yeah, game. Yeah, right? they could have used they could have used him him and DeQuan Jones not being there. Oh, was, that was that was huge, devastating. That was the nail. I, in I the mean, clock. I would trade at Oliver right now too. I don't think it's even debatable. I get what you can for him right I, now. I think that you know it's been said before, texted me by friends. Ed Oliver, like Jordan Phillips, brought more spark. More regularly than he plays the game at a higher gear than Matt Oliver does, and Oliver disappears for long stretches of time. Jordan Phillips, when he's in the field, that guy is out there with a torn labrum, and he's still giving it hell. Yeah. He plays at a higher gear. So, with this in mind, if they were to run back with what we now have on defense, we have a full defensive tackle rotation. We we basically ran it back from twenty twenty two. Defensive end. Yeah, you weren't going to buy one of those in free agency anyway. And you're probably, hopefully, not going to take one high in the draft. Your defense is going to be what it is, I think. Would you be content with that? Do you think that that, what we have on paper right now, should be, when you look at how the Chiefs won last year, how the Eagles got it done? I mean, the Eagles paid out the nose. The Chiefs paid out the nose for the defensive lines, and they're paying for it now on the other side where they're having to take some pain. The Bills have a pretty balanced set of, now that they've let Edmonds go, they've kind of rebalanced things in defensive spending. Our cornerback room is deep. Our defensive line at least has some deep depth in the middle. Drafted enough Defe- guys, right? And so this is the thing. You'd be content with, you think you should be able to win a Super Bowl with that group, right? Yeah, when because, Von Miller comes back well, in the middle of the season, you just took the words out of my mouth. It's it's about Von Miller being on the field in the playoffs, making the play that wins a game. I, you know, Kansas City's defense. I mean, they're not exactly the two thousand Baltimore Ravens, but they have Chris Jones. Right? Yes. Well, they, this is it. They had their they had their closers when they needed them. Yeah. You watched us sh- close that Kansas City game that they were absolutely going to win. Von, yeah, get Von Miller ended the last three drives of that game, and so it's. You need that guy. I would. I hope they shelf him until December, because I think that with what we have on defense, you should, in theory, with a defensive coach like Sean McDermott, be able to get 10, 11, 12 wins out of a team that does not have a Von Miller on the football field until he is 100% ready to go. You don't have to rush him. Let him come to you and have him for the postseason, because that's where we need it. That's where we needed it this year. And it wasn't there, and it almost cost us. Now, like that line of thinking seems to mesh with a lot of the articles you've written over at GoLongTD.com. 
And what I love is that the like every one of the Bills articles you write, there's some moron on Twitter who is furious with you about it. I actually curated a few of them. Bring it on. I love it. Uh, so this one by D... Oh, yeah. Chris, why don't we just scroll up for me? <laughs> so he, he commented on your article and said, are we pretending the Bills currently don't have one of the best offenses in the league? And you... you like, no, that, that's my point. They do. They've got a top is, three, if not top two quarterback. So you know he maximize didn't, so you this know he transcendent. Didn't read it. What? So you know he didn't read it. No, exactly. Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, uh, how about the one underneath that? Oh, You're the epitome one. of a hater. Just because you blow Whaley doesn't mean you need to go out of your way to hate on Peter uh, McDermott. Guilty as charged. There yeah, you go. Yeah, because yeah. your boys with because you had him on your podcast once or twice. Right, so now right. obviously you're a fanboy. He says, you're like Star Magazine of I don't even know what you call yourself, Twitter journalist. You're so biased and pathetic, and you responded. This is why I love you. You actually responded to this guy. Sometimes I get a little too pissed off to just let it go. Yeah. <laughs> you said also, please. You said also, you pointed out that he, again, is too lazy to read the article. And then you corrected him and said, Please watch your language. That's highly inappropriate. <laughs> and then my favorite, this Western New York water cooler. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Let's, let, let's get this out. So he goes, at Tyler Dunn, whose career consists of A, pissing off Rodgers fans, B, pissing off Bills fans. Rodgers is gone, and he can only rewrite the same Bills shit every few weeks a couple times. Time to get his real estate license like Gleason. Now, that was, I will say... That's a that, that Chris. What do you call that when you when you do, that's a deep cut? Like yeah, when you dig deep into the local media to be well, like, this guy failed. If I can just interject real quick, Drew, I'll say Bucky is doing incredibly He's well. He's making a ton of money. He made. <laughs> I just ran into him at Starbucks. <laughs> he is as happy as I ever saw Bucky when I worked with him at the Buffalo News. So Western New York water cooler. I guess the joke's on you because Bucky's doing great. He <laughs> loves real estate. Now, this is what I love about you. You responded to this guy, too, and you did it well. You maintained your professionalism. You, you were like, you, you're too ignorant to take 15 minutes and read it. You know, get off the app. You know, <laughs> just just get, get out of here. Now, first of all, your professionalism. Fantastic. I love Thanks. that you have a troll. I love it. I love that you found someone who, because this guy, literally, his entire Twitter feed, if you go down it, which I did after I saw that tweet, it turns out he literally just tweets to no one. He has no following. No one cares. But then what I love is that he threw it in your face in one of your things that he's a 16-year podcast host. 16 years? <laughs> Chris, we're, we are widely. Joe Marino called of Lockdown Bills called us, well, said I'm the Mel Kuyper of Bill's podcasting. Yeah. Because no one was doing it before we did. Like the guys from Bills and Beers. They were tired. Awesome. No, but they were tired. And now we're the only ones out here still spinning plates. No one knows this guy existed. Who, where were you? Oh, wait. No one's. They still don't know you exist. That's the best part. He just tries to tear down every local journalist and go, well, I'm a podcaster. I have a podcast. So obviously you're all garbage and I'm great. It's hilarious to me. Now you're too professional to drag this guy. I'm not. I, I'm. I'm. We are the pettiest Bills podcast. It, it's Chris. Isn't it funny how guys like that are the first ones to take shots like that? Yeah. And look how many people. Look, two thousand views a single like. That's what I love about. Twitter. Yeah. You know what? You know what I like to do. And 
my buddy uh, Tim Graham. He'll 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 verbalize this when he's you know sparring with some people like this. He'll say you know suck on this mute. Uh, I that's what I think. But what, what, I usually will respond like this and then just mute them. So then I don't see. All right, I, I say what I gotta say. Now just you know shout into the abyss and I'll never see it. See, Chris and I have the opposite approach. My thing is, I will just badger you. Like you come at me. And it's why it doesn't happen anymore. I will literally badger you until you block us. Like, you thought you were funny? Well, guess what? Now I'm in your life. Now I'm... The, what'll happen... It's like the it, movie Kindergarten ha- Cop. What'll happen He's is... Like, I like you, Drew. Cindy. We're going to be friends. Nights, weekends, holidays. It's going to be you and me until the end of time. And then they just... They, they leave. You know what kind of did it? What hardened me, Drew, is... And, and really was the best thing that happened to me and... My career and, you know, I, you could even say like mental health mm-hmm. in the business. 2019, when I wrote that story of Bleach Report on the Green Bay Packers and yep. Mike McCarthy, Aaron Rodgers, what the hell happened there? How did things fall apart? Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's still Bleach Report's most read story ever. <laughs> it it, it kind of detonated that, that that day in, yeah, like I think it was May? Yeah, May of 2019. And at the time, all, I mean, I, so I covered the Packers for five years in the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Obviously, had a ton of sources. I don't even know how many people I talked to. Maybe like 50, 60 people. It was it was nuts. I, I worked on that story for several months, and when it came out, a lot of Packer fans were were enlightened and wanted to learn, and everybody wanted to hear these stories behind the scenes. How did this team go a decade with one Super Bowl? Like what what led to this divorce? And there was a general curiosity, right? And, and what the hell happened with Green Bay? And so it did really well. You know, it was kind of like uh, an autopsy of sorts. It wasn't pretty. And then as somebody in the Green Bay front office basically predicted, he's like, you know, telling you all this, Aaron's not going to be happy. He's one of the more sensitive people I know. And that's part of what makes him great, (laughs) that things piss him off and he uses those things. And he can kind of like – create enemies that don't really exist mm-hmm. and use them and the chip on the shoulder that phrase doesn't even really do him justice that's that's part of his greatness but he's going to feel the need to respond to this story so you know his his pal Jason Wildy out there Milwaukee Radio they sit down they go through the story he is I mean, just eviscerates you well I, yeah I mean I I'm, I'm hearing blatant lies that I know to be like he's calling and he's calling the best wide receiver that he that he had, arguably, and Greg Jennings irrelevant. Jermichael Finley, his best tight end, irrelevant. It's just kind of kind of wild when you think about it. Well, but what it, it does him is, off to the cornfield. Well, and what it does is it paints a picture, which we're going to talk about in a, in a later tonight. Just ego and just what where ego can take you. Oh, yeah. narcissism. <laughs> ah, you know, narciss- choose hey, your listen, word, Chris. You saw that you saw that web diagram from the dark factors of personality test we took. Yep. I am one of the most narcissistic people apparently. Like out of everybody who took this test, you're talking thousands and thousands of you people. You don't seem narcissistic. I finished in the 90 Oh, you're wrong. I finished in the 97th percentile for narcissism. But my greed You're so nice. But my greed I was one of the lowest of anybody who ever took the test. Wow, that's a dichotomy. Yes. Wow. Which you don't see that combination. And that's why I'm a problem. It's yeah. what makes me a problem. So All right, so this happened and then so everybody who was like generally curious and eating this story yes. up and a lot of like the diehard Packer Roger and remember he's turned still the quarterback. You. They they turned. Right? <sighs> and then the tone on Twitter, like up on the screen here, it turned 
unbelievably nasty. Like, like really vile, vile, vile stuff. Oh, I'm sure. And it's I, the internet. You can say whatever you yeah, want. Yeah, I mean, look, whatever. And I, I, I thought about responding to his sit down with Wildy there, and I decided not to say anything. Like, I'm like, you know what? This story is going to stand the test of time. And everybody else is going to know what I know. And everything that we have in this story, yep. it's going to hold true. I think we're seeing today it's, it's held up pretty well. Vindication! But it, well, My name is Tyler Dunn. It's just, you know, the, the, the same stuff just happens again and again and again and again to the point where Green Bay's like, okay, get out of here. We're done with you. We're going to Jordan Love. Uh, but there was one, one tweet I remember when somebody told me, hey, at your house, go to the back part of the basement and find a rope and kill yourself. It was something like that. I'm paraphrasing. Mm-hmm. So at that point, I'm like, you know what? I just deleted the app. <laughs> I, like, I, I would have sight out of mind for couple weeks and then by the time i allowed myself to wander back into that world it was fine see so after all that i don't like what you're showing the answer i don't care what anybody says like as long as you stand by what you're right who cares i like this because it shows me that you're still human i'm more of like uh kenny powers from eastbound and down where he's just like i feed off their negativity it gives me strength I love it because I'm a bad person deep down. Like no, I feel like there's something well, wrong maybe, with it. So you and Aaron Rodgers are, are similar in that you kind of you, you feed off of that. You feed off of the slights. It's why I get him. You get. It's him. Why well, I if you get take him. a swipe at us on Twitter, Drew will go to your Twitter, go as far back as six months to a year, and find things to take you down, and then tweet about it. Take that person down, and then they block us. That's how it works every it just, time. It Solid gets, business Well, strategy. because it's just, listen, I, I'm... Moving on. This you, You're a very good journalist. You're thorough. You stand behind your work. And so lately, these articles about the Buffalo Bills, the spirit of them has been pretty clear. There's no way to know what the window for this team looks like because you have a, ta- a rare talent in Josh Allen, the strongest arm since Elway, the legs and physicality of Cam Newton. No one knows what to do with this, but you also don't know when the music's going to stop. And so with that in mind, this franchise needs to go whole hog behind this concept that this is going to be the thing that wins. We've watched Kansas City do this over and over again. Give our star the tools he needs. He will win us a title. He's done it twice. Allen hasn't even made it to the show. Because they continue to trot out retreads, also rans, give him a mediocre cast and expect him to elevate everybody. Like, almost like Tom Brady-esque. Like, well, it's okay, you should be good enough to elevate everyone around you. It's, it's funny to me because I don't know how anyone can get mad at that idea, at least enough to give you vitriol. Also, last week we sat here and we talked about the state of the roster and mock drafts. Your your tweet about mock drafts. Tell, tell did, the did you, did, did you see the mock? I clicked it. Two point oh's out. I was gonna get mad about it, and then I clicked it. Guys, <laughs> go long TD on Twitter. What, find his mock draft. Click the link. It's it's worth. I think the, it's just at at Ty Dunn. At Ty Dunn. probably did it there. Yeah. Okay. I mean, there. It's a guaranteed thirty two for thirty two mock. If you want to check it out. I. I'll just leave it at that. It, it's it, guys. I I laughed. I laughed my ass off because I was really getting ready to. Because we do a show after the draft called "Mocking the Mocks," and everybody who makes them, 
we just roast. Good. We just throw Good. a roast. Hold we people th- accountable for this we nonsense. We throw a roast. Everyone goes, whoa, it's just prognostication. It's yeah. a cottage industry. We found a way to score it, and you're all going to pay. Doug it's- Farrar still has us blocked. Does he? Because oh, I made Doug. fun of him that he finished last like five years in a row. I'll say this, if I can uh, you know, fit a plug in here, at the Huddle Report, mm-hmm. like, so it's not a mock, but all these draft experts, they submit their top 100, mm-hmm. so everybody does it. McShay, Kuiper, everybody. Uh, Bob McGinn, you know, my mentor at the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, now he's doing draft and Packers stuff for Go Long. He, got, he had the number one slot last year, and I believe he's had... He's finished number one like five times and second like three. I mean, so he's talking to scouts, well, personal guys across the NFL. There are some guys who you hear, like Daniel Jeremiah finishes very highly in this metric, this yeah. scoring system, every single year. And you say, okay, maybe he actually understands more that's of this. Like, that's than- a top 100, you know? The, the mocks, yes. the actual mocks, to me, it's grifting. Right, it's grifting in this business. One hundred percent. It's it's your clickbait, except it doesn't look like it. It's just hey, click this thing and see a bunch of horseshit I threw at the wall. That means I mean, nothing. I click it too. Like we we want to see That's the names it. and the teams. And but I will say, what. but you can see something from, out of bracket from watching them though. There's a, there's only one thing that I'll admit carries any kind of value. It's seeing. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Certain teams, like the reason guys get mocked to certain teams is because of what their needs are. Mm -hmm. So when you start to see, like, in the aggregate, what types of players and... And who routinely falls in a certain spot? It's almost like when you're doing it in fantasy football and you can say, hey, like I've done it once or twice and then I felt like a loser, so I stopped. But I was like, <laughs> I'm going to mock draft to prepare for this fantasy draft. And I go, wait a minute. I'm practicing to do a thing that's also fucking meaningless. I'm not doing that. But you get to watch the way the board might fall for your team on draft day and you start to see how like the realities of your situation like this is what i think about look at wide receiver movement lately in 2020 justin jefferson goes with the 20th pick then you look at 2021 kyle pitts gets taken at fourth chase and waddle go five and six devonta smith at 10 Kadarius tony at 20 like beyond that there was nothing there was a pair of running backs in uh, the Najee Harris and uh, Travis Etienne, Rashad. Who Bate- the Bills? I think the Bills would have drafted. I think him. the Bills would have drafted they him. Absolutely would have. Yeah. Rashad Bateman, which felt like a reach at the time and still looks like one, right? And then that's it. All of a sudden, the board is bereft of 
difference makers, quote unquote. And so you watch it. There isn't another wide receiver taken in the top 55 picks because they go, well, fuck, all of the wide receivers went high. This past year, Drake London goes at eight. Wilson, Olave, Jamison Williams, who tore his ACL in the national title game and literally wasn't available for the entire season. One catch for a touchdown. They all went 10 through 12. After Burks at 18, there's a run of 15 straight picks at linebacker, defensive line, defensive back, because there was no value left for the wide receiver group. This is what you're seeing. Like The reason I bring this up is because when you look at the state of the wide receivers in this draft and you start looking at how mock drafts are falling and where the value seems to be and who those players are, and then you think about surprise trades. Some GM that might just... I don't know. He might have an extra glass of bourbon that night and go, fuck it. We're doing it. We're doing it live. <laughs> and he just sits, fires off a trade. Just you look at it and it makes it harder to see a route for the Bills to draft an elite wide receiver in this draft class. Like at a truly top end, you know, Brandon Bean said it. I don't ever want to suck badly enough to get a Jamar Chase. Well, you wanted Jamar Chase. The problem is you got to find him. You got to go that diamond in the rough route, and it doesn't look like it's coming. I mean, you got Jackson Smith and Jigba, Jordan Addison, Quentin Johnson. Like they're not terrible looking players. They're all probably going to get drafted before the Bills are on the board. You think so? I haven't, I haven't been grinding the mocks like you probably. <laughs> no, so. no, no. Luckily, I have idiot friends of mine who come on here and talk about it because I have. Listen, I would rather write reviews on Yelp for plumbing companies than watch or participate in a mock draft. So for all the people banging this drum for building a more explosive offense, the Bills could be staring down this the barrel of a situation where they can't. Like there is no road to a star level wide receiver coming out of college. You're going to be left to that like second level of talent. It doesn't mean that it's going to be a mistake. I guess the question I want to ask you here for the purposes of this podcast right now, I don't know, what do you prioritize? Like, you've talked about how they need to get more explosive. You've you've written multiple articles. Today, it was about Josh Allen and just what they need to do with him. Wide receiver, tight end, running back. In the top 60, what combination of them in your mind makes the most sense? This is where Brandon Bean could get creative, too. Maybe you package Ed Oliver in a pick to move up to get one of these guys. <clears throat> right? If you think that's a, a tier that you need to climb into, somehow get into that tier. I mean, this is the stuff that they just haven't been doing since Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott have been it, together. They haven't drafted a wide receiver in the first three rounds. They haven't even tried. Is it fair to say that the Eagles were in the Super Bowl this year largely because they got ballsy and traded for A.J. Brown? Yeah, I mean, th- that's a perfect example. Howie Roseman was such a uh, a subject of a ridicule over on our podcast, right? <laughs> so when J- Jamon has worked with them. They were, they were you know, young employees of the Philadelphia Eagles together, and it, it, was, it was crazy to see them win a Super Bowl and then whiff so badly in these drafts. You just take two busts, absolute busts, 
over DK Metcalf and Justin Jefferson in back-to-back years. But that didn't stop him. He knows where this game is. Yep. You need to build a juggernaut. You need to outgun, outscore, stay aggressive. I mean, think back to how they won that Super Bowl. Fourth down at the one-yard line at the end of the first half. Philly special. Right, yeah. with Nick freaking Foles, a backup quarterback. You're doing. I can't see the Bills having the guts to. But do you to know call why, a play like that in well, that moment? But do you know why it worked? Like that's the thing. Everyone likes to talk about the play call. Yes, that's lunacy. But the reason it worked is because their skill players were so talented. The defense literally had to stand in the end zone and just be like, "Listen, we'll play zone, and we will wait for you to come to us because we can't let you get open." And so the quarterback leaking out into the flat, no one's looking for that. Right, nobody's because expecting Nick Foles. Now, if their skill players are terrible, the Bills have already put it on tape that they can throw a touchdown pass to Josh Allen in the playoffs. That's, like, someone will have the thought, this could be a thing. At that point, their skill players were so deep, they were like, listen... Even if we've seen something like this before, we, we have to caution to the fact that we can't let any of these guys get behind us. Then, also in that Super Bowl, too, I mean, they went for it on fourth down in their own territory, right, on the game-winning drive when they could have – I can't remember exactly how much time was left. There were just so many aggressive moments. Well, it's aggressive offense, and it's knowing that you have horses that you trust Yes, to – and that's with Nick Foles. You've got Josh Allen. And that's my point. You have Josh Allen, so why the fuck can't he go out there and do what Nick Foles did I mean, for you? Now, when you look at the running back position, there's only one running back with consensus first-round value. And everybody's already trying to make the case for B. John Robinson to the Buffalo Bills. Right? And, I mean, if it wasn't him and the Bills still drafted a first-round running back, I think people would riot. That's the way, that's what mock drafts have taught us, is that these, no one else has a first-round value. Meanwhile, if they decided to go this route at 27, they could have their pick of the litter at tight end. Workout warrior Darnell Washington. This guy is an athletic freak, right? He's traitsy, and he doesn't have the box score to back it up, but the Bills use that as their basis to draft Austin Knox, and that's gone pretty well. Dalton Kincaid, who's this jack-of-all-trades, does everything at a high level, apparently. He was one of the nation's leading tight ends. Did he win the award? The John Mackey Award? Yeah. Either him or Michael Him Myers. or Michael Meyer, yeah. who is kind of a red zone weapon with offensive upside. I love throwing an S on there, right? This makes it that much more dangerous. Michael Myers. Yeah. What I don't like about him is that he's not much of a blocker. And also, I, Chris, how many times do I talk shit during draft season about Notre Dame tight ends? A lot. A lot because they just line up to disappoint us. Tommy Tremble, uh, what not? Name me the last successful Notre Dame tight end. They all get drafted high. Kyle Rudolph, right? Longevity, yes. Yeah, we'll give them longevity. Like peak. Who else we have there? I mean, I, there's a ton. I think there's a ton in the NFL. Are they stars? I mean, they're not Miami. They're not Iowa tight ends, right? Those no. are the two tight end use if we're getting down and dirty with it. Oklahoma? Yeah. Produced some good ones. Yeah. I just, I look at this. I, of all people, I feel like that last group might pique your interest. Given the work you just, in your book with, yeah, studying the tight end position, hearing their stories, the mentality it takes to play the tight end position. Like, like I don't know. 
what combination of these three skill sets, running back, wide receiver, tight end, where do you think in the top 60 to 90 they need to go in order to achieve what you're talking about? Yeah, I'll even backtrack to, to free agency because I, I think Trent Sherfield, Deontay Hardy, I think these are receivers that are going to contribute. I like both of these guys a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, Sherfield, it's kind of crazy. We were talking ahead of free agency. His story's wild. Head over to Go Long if you want to read it. I mean, he's been just such a victim of real NFL politics where his wide receiver coach in Arizona, David Ra, tells him, you earned a starting job, but the GM here, Steve Kine, he wants to play the three rookies. That he we literally drafted. talked about it last week. It's and crazy. Then, and then I got, a, I got a chance to do what I do, which is just punch down on Steve Kine because fuck that guy. Who gets arrested for a D-dub as a fat, bald, white guy with with, a, with like a Fred Durst facial hair situation and says to the cop, do you know who I am? Oh, man. Fuck, come on. Oh. Don't do that. Don't do that to yourself. Awful. I think I'm not saying that Trent Shurfield is going to, you know, have a thousand yards this season and catch game winning touchdowns week in and week out, but I think he's solid. Deontay Hardy, previously Deontay Harris. Crazy stories, you probably know. I mean, he almost yep. quit football when he And you told these guys stories over and go long. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love the fact that you have these personality pieces over there behind these guys. Written not now, after they've signed, but literally a year ago, <laughs> six, you know, the month before free agency. Like, this is the stuff that I come to your website for. And I got excited when we draft. In fact, there was a Dolphins uh, guy we have on the show all the time, Alfa Arteaga. And he was tweeting about the what was going on with Sherfield. And I responded with a link to your article, and I was like, I just... I would kill for a guy like that. And when it happened, he came on our show. That's like, right. I've ever seen you. He came on that. our show last week and talked to us about it. And it was fun. Like We got yeah. to dig into it and him talking about what he is as a player. And I love the fact that I got to know more about him as a person because of your work. Ah, thank you for reading. I mean, anybody <laughs> out there who takes 15, 20 minutes to read one of these stories, man, I, I appreciate the investment of, you know, or if Finances, you want to read the hot headline and then tweet about it, go yeah, ahead. Yes. Just go, guys, go ahead and read the headline <laughs> and then angry tweet about it. But I think both of these players can do something for you. And I know Gabe Davis catches a lot of heat. Look, th- this is still a really good draft pick for where he was mm-hmm. taken. And he's, every once in a while, he's liable to just go for 100 yards and several touchdowns. He battled an injury. I, I, I wouldn't give up on him quite yet. And I would still draft a receiver to answer your question. Yes, mm-hmm. load up. This is a player. Yeah, I, I would almost, you know, not almost. I would absolutely prefer a first round pick wide receiver over, you know, a, an Odell Beckham Jr. Maybe even an over over a DeAndre Hopkins. As crazy as that sounds, because he's cost controlled for five years, and you and, get that fifth year option. Exactly. Like oh, okay. Just to kind of and with where they're where hand, they are cap I, I wise, I have they the numbers. That. I have the numbers right now. Look at look at the guys that the contracts that are being signed. Eleven million average annual value for Jacoby Myers and Alan Lazard. Those aren't wide receiver ones on any team. But let's say you catch lightning in a bottle here. Let's say you scout well. You nail this draft pick. Your franchise. You find your Justin Jefferson, or even better. You find just that one complementary piece that you need. You got to try. I mean, you Josh have to try. Gonna, he, he might turn somebody into a Justin Jefferson, right? Like you don't know. You got to try. Look, 
11 million dollars for Jacoby Myers, eight and a half for at like a shell of Adam Thielen. 10 for Marvez Valdez Scantling. Who? I like MVS. Fucking who? I know. We're an MVS friendly site. I know you are. And I just <laughs> it 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 bothers me. It bothers me that you like him so much. Chris made some pretty big plays in that he, AFC Championship game, Drew. Here's pretty I big know. Plays. Yeah, no, you don't have to remind me. <laughs> Fucking God. I watched that game thinking I wouldn't be mad at the outcome, and I wasn't because realistically the the officiating just ruined that whole thing. Right, they got in the way. I mean, they it's just like they're the, the officials in these playoff games so often they're just like that. I, th- I think I used this analogy before that that annoying friend of a friend of a friend that just shows up at a college party. Like, how in the hell did this guy get <laughs> to this party? How did you get in? Like, get the what hell out of here. here. You're bringing down the vibe. Let us right? just have You're telling the fun these awful stories about nonsense. Nobody wants you here. Get the hell out. That's Those are hilarious. the officials in the NFL in these big games. Like, like I, I, like, I guess these are penalties. Like, you could call it on so many other plays. Just get out. Now, Chris, yeah. I'm hoping maybe Matt Waldman has something to say about this next week when we have him on the podcast to talk about previewing the running back position for this year's draft. But for everybody banging the Bijan Robinson drum, I'm not going to lie to you, I've been enticed. Chris, if you want to throw that chart over here on the TV, uh, Ty, do you know what the last three Super Bowl winning teams all have in common? Yes. Uh, Kansas City, Tampa Bay, the Rams, not a single one of them. Had a 1,000-yard rushing running back. Isaiah Pacheco, seventh-round pick. Well, so I took it a little bit further. What I like to do is I like to drill down into some of these things. Oh, Excel spreadsheets. Excel spreadsheets of data. That I'm scared. I'm, well, it's literally just, guys, you're seeing this now if you're watching it on YouTube. So I have Buffalo compared to the last three years with the Super Bowl winners. And here's what you see. None of them had a 1,000-yard rusher. And their top two rushers barely cracked. 1,300, 1,400 for the most part. But when you look at their top two rushers combined with their quarterback, Ty, is anybody close to Buffalo right now? <laughs> no, because to the spirit of your articles, Josh Allen is a freak. Mm-hmm. He's an outlier right now in the NFL. And the Bills would be, it would be malfeasance not to capitalize on this, right? Absolutely. You have to... I mean, the the, the way that a game is called to has to reflect the fact that you have Josh Allen, and you know we can belabor this point all off season, and it wouldn't be enough. You're probably going to lose that game to Cincinnati nine Regardless. out of ten times, right? Like the, that, as Taiwan Jones told me, we were deer in the headlights. We didn't show up to play, right? His ta- his Uber driver's yep. giving him hell, and he thinks he doesn't Dude, know the time one play for the Bills. I'm just like, oh, I'm get the sweats. And he's just like, you know what? I just took it because he was right, is what he said. Uh, but I'll, I'll say this. You have a quarterback who makes the sort of plays that just inject your entire sideline, your entire roster, with that energy. When he's stiff-arming people, when he's hurdling DBs, yes. when he's just doing this crazy stuff. Like the the fourth down sneak against Dallas, right, that kind of launched everything on Thanksgiving Day. Like Those are the plays that bring everybody to life. Why are you trying to infiltrate his brain in any way to make him all of a sudden see swaths of the football field covered in red tape? Like, I, I get I get it, like, literally, what they're trying to do here. They don't want him taking shots. They want him to last longer. 
I feel like you have a million other things you could be worried about if you're Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott than doing anything but trying to get the absolute most out of Josh Allen. And so that's you know, and that's the philosophical look at look at that square. Yeah. 2,088 rushing yards between our top two running backs and Josh Allen this season. No one who has won a Super Bowl quarterback compared with their two running backs has come close. It's a mess. And so in that way, like, like I don't know. And then you look down the list and you don't see a single first-round draft pick. Well, wait, one. You see one, Sony Michelle, who's a mistake, clearly. He's, what, on his third team now? Fourth team? Is he on a team right now? I, I don't really even know, don't know if he's on a roster. You you start to get the idea that I don't have to take a first-round running back. That's why I love Damian Harris, right? Cheap, veteran. Exactly. It, you know, as a two-down back, he'll give you what you need. But here's what we should be talking about more, Drew. Naeem Hines. Naeem, like, you- Malfeasance at the running back position. Totally. The coaches. Like, that's my thing for the running back position. Anybody calling for assets to get sank into that position needs to understand that this is not a staff that will utilize that position. Exactly. You You use these players. Devin Singletary was the leading rusher for the Buffalo Bills. He was 30th in the NFL in carries for the season. That right there. Look, he had 819 yards being 30th in carries. That's ridiculous. Yeah. (coughs) They know. The offense flows through Josh Allen. And with that, running backs are... Devin Singletary is not a world beater. But they're able to find success because they're with him. I understand this idea that if you paired a dynamic running back with his threat, you make this two-headed monster. Okay. But how long does that last for? What's the value of that overall? How many running backs have won Super Bowls? The answer is not many. How many star running how many star running backs has it taken to help a quarterback win a Super Bowl? The answer is not many. Do you know why? Because every single one of those teams, think about the wide receivers on each one of these rosters. Kansas City in 2019. Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. They've got guys. Tampa Bay, Cooper Cup, and until he tore his ACL, OBJ. They had skill players. They had big bodies who could go out and catch the ball down the field, flip the field in a moment's notice. That's what wins you titles. Running backs will keep you in a game. Wide receivers, game. wide receivers and tight ends will put you over the top. So with that, it's a non-starter. Now, a wide receiver, I won't be mad if the Bills wait till the second or third round. I won't be mad. But if Doug's stupid mock drafts have taught me anything, which he... Yes, guys, those of you listening who loved him last week on our show, he fucking texts me about these things randomly. Like, it's a Wednesday. I'm enjoying my day. I'm having a cup of coffee. It's 11 a.m. And he goes, I just did a mock draft. Oh, no <laughs> no worse way to ruin a day than, than a message like that. A lot of the wide receivers with late first-round grades are all under 5'11". A lot of them. Then you think about it. Like, didn't Bean just get done? Chris, we talked about how Bean doesn't mince words. When he talks... He's, he's almost telling you the truth. He's the opposite of uh, Coach Ambien over there. Yeah, Sean McDermott. McDermott. Uh, yeah, no, no. That's why we. I actually have a podium in my garage right now. From back once upon a time, we got drunk and cocky and said, he sucks so much at post games. I'm going to give my own post game press conferences. Yeah, we bought a backdrop. It's a whole thing. 
It's a whole thing, Tyler. It's a, it's a shit show over here. Well, it's very, very important stuff here. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's Good really important codes. stuff that I get drunk and have a bucket of fried chicken and a jean vest and be yelling on a podium into a microphone while people ask questions. Shirtless yes. with a <laughs> denim jacket. It's it's real important work we do over here at the Rock Bell. So Bean usually tells you what he's thinking, and he said they had positional redundancy at wide receiver, which, unfortunately for you, cost you your podcast mate, Isaiah McKenzie. That's right. Isaiah, and off to Indianapolis. Off to Indy. A lot of the guys in the draft would just seem to comp, like, that would make that problem more pronounced. If you were going to draft I don't, a I 5'11 okay. slot you know wide what? receiver. I see, I, I see what you're saying. To me, though, it's like that's a good problem to have. Like, if you draft a wide receiver who's talented, who is going to be potentially an explosive weapon in your offense, you get into training camp and you're trying to figure out who should even be on the field, give me that problem versus, all right, it's October, November, and we're calling Cole Beasley and John well, Brown. Exactly. It's like, like they, that was an act of desperation that Buffalo could have never envisioned back in training camp. And look, Isaiah McKenzie caught – I did a podcast with him, obviously. But I feel like he caught He's a lot a of flack. Guy. As one of his worst critics. Not a bad guy. Incredible guy. Incredible guy. Incredible person. Authentic. Yeah. Real. He had a lot of drops, obviously. I got to talk he, to him during one of your happy hours. I got that's to right. ask him barbecue questions because he owns a restaurant down in Florida. We got to get him back on for, he, for he's a, 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 a farewell. Guy. That's when I was like, all right, I, you, you won me back. He Come wasn't on. wrong, though, when he says he's open. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, there, whether it's the, yes. the progressions that Josh Allen's going through or Allen not trusting him. I mean, he was open a lot of times. Wasn't really used. Had too many drops. It didn't work out. As like a, a number three or number four, That's he's fine. Uh, they they need somebody opposite Stephon Diggs who just strikes fear in you. Cincinnati has Jamar Chase, T. Higgins. Yep. I mean, in Kansas City, I mean, they've got Travis <laughs> Kelsey. That's the other reason you should look for tight ends. Is they also have they the do best so much and they're cheap. They but. have the best offensive coordinator in football. That second half was perfect. If if Jerk McKinnon doesn't you know slide there because he's such a smart player, he knows. Yeah. If he just scores, they literally would have attained every possible yard they could have attained in the second half. Chris, that's it was wild perfect. to it was think perfect. about in a Super Bowl. And then you get to the tight end group. And for me and for you, like obviously you've just done so much research. You obviously know a lot about him. This is where I fall. I never thought I'd see myself in the camp of, hey, take a first-round tight end. Take a second-round tight end. I never thought I'd be there, but here's what I see. (laughs) Tight end might be the shallowest position on the roster. There is not a single player outside of uh, Dawson Knox with NFL experience or upside. Quentin Morris. Quentin Morris has a little bit. Okay, I don't want to hate him. I kind of like Quentin Morris. Last year, the Bills went into the season with a like they illustrated we want to be a team that can go twelve personnel, and then the OJ Howard thing just literally had to be thrown into the sun. Yeah, he didn't work out. <laughs> didn't work. They paid him a lot of you know, <coughs> relatively. They paid him a lot of money too. Yeah, he was like three million dollars in cap just gone yeah. for nothing, and then we had to go pay another tight end. 
Here's what I see. Offensively leaning teams, like, I don't know, offensively leaning teams, the teams that we, we look at on this chart, the Rams, Tampa Bay, Kansas City, they found a way to truly weaponize the tight end position. And, like, our problem isn't an easy one to fix because you have nothing behind the, the guy you signed to a long-term deal. That's it. Like, we are short on great ways to find complementary talent to him right now. We didn't have any money to spend in free agency, and you saw what, like, average talents. Hayden Hurst got, he got a decent chunk of change. I thought he might come cheap. That didn't happen. So now I look at this and I, I like, I don't know. You kind of touched on it earlier in the show. Brandon Bean has drafted two tight ends. It happened in the same year in 2019. Dawson Knox, Tommy Sweeney. Uh, like, neither one was a first or second round pick. Highly touted. Like, one was just a project that we, it was a prayer. And it panned out for the most part. He's not perfect, but he's good enough for what we need him to be. Chris Gregg got drafted in 2013. He was the last one. And then prior to that, do you want to know how far back it goes? I want to think about this. If Chris Gregg, Chris, 2013, how far back? Who was the last tight end besides Chris Gregg? Or not, not last, Fine drafted in the top 90. Drafted in the top 90. Mm. Yeah. Let's talk about top 90 picks. First round, second round, third round tight end. Drafted by the Buffalo Bills since 1994. Yeah. Oh, I love that I stumped you. Kevin Everett and Lonnie Johnson. You got to go back to Lonnie Johnson. Lonnie Johnson. Oh, That's it. We have never him. spent capital at a position that is now very important to some of the most explosive offenses in football. I've got some names for you, though. Derek Fine. Hey, you named it. Sean Nelson. Yeah. Derek Schumann. Yes. Oh, yeah. Why don't you throw Avion Black and uh, Brandon Spoon in there while you're at it? I like Jesus it. Christ. I like it. Of course. Like, this is what, like, you can look at cautionary tales like the Ravens, who took, in, in the course of three years, they took in the top 60 three tight ends. Mark Andrews panned out, and it changed their offense. Right? They found one. They found a stud. You are never going to find that guy on a regular basis if you don't try. We haven't tried. And, like, if you keep playing it cheap the way we have, you're not going to find another Knox for at least three or four picks that don't pan out. Right? Why not use this opportunity? You're going to have your pick of the litter of athletic freaks to put across from him, whether it's you want blocking, you want a guy who can be a blocker but also go out. Okay, there's your Darnell Washington. You want a guy who's just pure offense. Okay, Michael Meyer, he's your guy. And you put him out there in a Mike Gusecki role where now all of a sudden he's a mismatch. Nightmare for defenses. You want the rounded guy who might, because literally we're a Dawson Knox injury away from having no starting tight end at all. You draft a Kincaid, who you think like one day is the heir to what Knox is for us right now, but at the same time can give us two well-rounded tight ends that can run block a little bit, 
pass catch at a pretty high level, not the highest, but pretty high, and can do all of the things that you need. As I'm painting this picture, can you get to where I'm at in terms of them? Like, this has to be the draft. If you're not going to do it now, then you might as well just say, I'm never going to, I'm never going to do it and just know what that is to your quarterback. I, I would say, yeah, when you're looking at these drafts for the Bills, they've drafted and, and every GM is going to stand there and tell you, Oh, it was the best player on our board. Oh, it was the best player on our board. The drafts tell you that the Bills have been selecting on need. They've been very need-centric, and, and you know you can whittle it down to the defense. Sean McDermott's fingerprints are all over these drafts. I mean, he, he arrived before Brandon Bean. He hired Brandon Bean. And I do think that Bean, he runs the personnel department. He has a say. I'm sure it's collaborative, and they're reaching these team decisions. But it's, it's McDermott's final say. I mean, he's been there the longest. And the drafts reflect that. They haven't even thought about offense early in drafts. They haven't gone that direction when they have Josh Allen in his prime. And that's malpractice. That's that's wrong. I mean, go back to like a, a Peyton Manning with Bill Polian. They're just drafting weapons every year. Joseph Adai, Dallas Clark, Reggie Wayne, Marvin Harris. It's just it's constant. It's just because it, they might not all pan out, so you got to throw as many darts as you can if you want to be a dominant offense. And they're coached by a D, Tony Dungy is the head coach, right? And they, they're still taking these weapons because they know where the game is. They know they can win a Super Bowl at some point. If the defense just is hot and healthy at the right time, they were. And they, they just continue to outscore the opposition. So whether it's a tight end, whether it's a wide receiver, yes. Take the best available player. And you laid it out perfectly, Drew. This draft is particularly rich at tight end. The value would seem to meet... The, the the area in which you would take a player like that, right? That's it. And, and you can do so I – mean, don't get me going on tight ends. We'll talk for hours. You can do so <laughs> much with this player, right? It just changes everything. If you can if you can go out there with two tight end sets, which, by the way, cost efficient on that second contract too. Mm-hmm. It's the most underpaid player in sports. Yes. It's just insane. Like, Tony Gonzalez got so pissed off. Thinking back to how much money he made versus like <laughs> it was a good he's like, like yeah Patrick Sertain he sucked he was garbage and I'm getting this he's getting that what the hell that was one of the things about your book like the fact that these guys got candid about yeah. like oh, how they he was, felt about that Tony was you know Jeremy Shockey's right up there all, but Tony was way more open and unfiltered than I could have ever expected because we see him on TV. He's very polished, right? Dressed to the nines. Man, he did not hold back, especially when it came to that relationship with Mike Malarkey. And see? they almost went to blows. Oh, Chris, Malarkey. H- hilarious. I've heard of that guy. I've heard of that guy. Guys, I think I've made my point. I think we've yeah, discussed I, I, I was you know talking in circles there, but no, I, no, I, I'm no, with no. you. But, but, I'm with but, you. Take a tight end. But take, what take I was going to say is that's a great place for us to close this one because it's a way for me to talk about the value of Ty's book and just go read that guys anywhere. Where can people find it? Oh man. Well, if you subscribe to golongtd.com right now, annually, I'll just send you a book. I'll just mail you one personally. I'll sign it. Please subscribe. That'd be awesome. Um, just email me, golongtd at gmail.com, golongtd at gmail.com. Let me know that you subscribed annually. Send me your mail and address. I'll just send you one. And 
Uh, guys, I'm sending out a free book or two here because I've I bought a bunch of them oh. because I liked it. Again, I liked the book. I bought a bunch of them, but then I read it and I was like, okay, I'm going to buy a couple more because I need to give this to people who need this in their lives. Oh, man. I, I love it. I enjoy what you do. I love the content you create. Why don't you tell everybody where they can find your podcast, what you have coming up, and where they can where they can find your website. I appreciate it. Yeah, just go along, td.com. So you can, you can hop on the free list, too, if you want. So you get a certain amount of features and columns on that free list, and then to get everything all the premium content uh, you can become a paid subscriber it's eight dollars a month 50 a year and if you really want to get crazy we have a new vip option which is it's a lot of money i'm not gonna lie it's 150 but you get this hoodie right here copy of blood and guts and the happy hour access is solely for the vip members now where you can hang out with former players current players from around the nfl I haven't even put this out on my site yet, but I'll tell you guys. Next Friday, guess who we have on the happy hour? Who? Rob Johnson. See, now I'm going to have to attend. Remember when I told you that I was like, I got to come to one of these with Rob Johnson and just ask him the question because I've heard it rumored that he purposely took sacks to try to protect his statistics so he got his bonuses. I want to ask that question. That's the nasty rumor. And what I I love about this forum is you get to ask that question. He might get mad at me. But I don't think he will because I think that he'll probably laugh and go, well, that's first of all, it's crap. <laughs> and then he'll tell his side of it. And I'm like, these he'll laugh because are- he, he doesn't look like that. <laughs> what, he, Rob is incredible. Like re- we, we've become close over the years. Like he is just real laid back, raw, like honest. Yeah, we did a Q&A at the site a couple years ago, and he was so honest talking about like the feud with Doug Flutie. Like they did not like each other. Surprise, See, surprise. Shocker. Uh, but I, I think that yeah, I don't want to give too much away, but he will be open on all things Doug Flutie, Wade Phillips, Ralph and Wilson, that's Music City the Miracle, value. and ask whatever you want. It's all about the readers. I just want to try to bring you as close to the game as possible, throw back some beers, hang out with these guys. And that's why I love being a member of GoLongTD.com. Now, guys, you can go check out what they're doing. You don't need me to plug a, a damn thing because you guys, for some reason, show up here for this every week. <laughs> guys... For tonight, we got to get the hell out of here. I'm Drew Gear. That's Chris Kruger. That's Tyler Dunn. And this has been your Rock Pop Report.